everybody, Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development, and this is part of our Veteran Stories Difference Makers series. Delighted to have Travis Johnson with us. Good morning, Travis. Hey, good morning, Craig. Glad to be here this morning with you. Firstly, I want to say thank you for your service, and this is a momentous day for you. Tell us about that. <laughs> Today is my last official day in the Navy. Based on the facial hair, you might think I've been out for a while. Uh, I've been doing this special program called Skill Bridge. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, but it is my last day, nearly 22 years of service, ready to be retired. Wow. And how are you feeling about that? Pretty great, actually. Pretty great. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Why don't you tell us about, about your service and what you've been doing, a Naval Flight Officer? Yeah, sure thing, Craig. I enlisted in July of 2000, was an ejection seat mechanic for a number of years, okay. worked on F-18s and the E-6B Mercury, which is this little plane in the background right here, which looks much closer on StreamYard than it does on Zoom. <laughs> uh, went to college full-time, went to University of Oklahoma, got my degree, went down to flight school in Pensacola to become a naval flight officer, not a pilot. Pilots at the controls, naval flight officer is running the mission. Mm-hmm. Got my wings, which are right up here, get on my <laughs> all my visual aids for the, the meeting all set up and uh, did that for a number of years, went and taught, had two teaching tours, went over to Bahrain in the Middle East for a year mm. and ran all of the water from Egypt through the Red Sea into the Persian Gulf and mm-hmm. had a lot of fun doing that. Came back here to Oklahoma to finish up my last tour and retire at 22 years of service. Wow. That's a that's a long time, big big chunk of your life, formative time of your life. <laughs> More than half of my life. <laughs> I'm just forty, so twenty two years is just a shade over half of it. So, what are some of those memorable moments that you'll take away and share with people when you talk about your your time in the military? You know, there's a lot of good stuff in the military, and there's some stuff that's maybe not so pleasant, but really getting to know people and being involved in their lives and growing together. You know, a lot of people that join the military come in at 18, 19, 20 years old, and Mm. really they're still trying to figure out who they are as people. And fortunately for me, I got in and really was able to build that foundation right away. And the Navy has done wonderful things for me. And then here in the last three or four years or so, I've been really focusing on business and, and things of that nature. And once you start reading business books, the military starts to bother you because of all their, you know, their ingrained culture and all the red tape and all the things you're like, why can't we just do, you know, this cool stuff? And they're like, that's not how it works. And so I really started to grow away from the Navy just based on my own, my own learning and my, Mm -hmm. my exploration. So really decided it was, it was time for the next chapter. Wow. And so you said that you started reading business books. Was that something that you were encouraged to do or you just stumbled into it? Um, I don't know if I was encouraged to do so. Um, I started reading things like Dave Ramsey um, in my mid-20s trying to figure out how I didn't know anything about money because no one talks about money. Um, and he does a great job of taking a train wreck and really building a solid foundation. And I started doing that and we started doing it in our household. And I was like, why is no one talking about this stuff? Like, this is great. Like, no one's told me any of these things for the last 20 plus years of my life. And we started helping other couples pay off debt. And at the end of the day, we helped 400 couples pay off $6 million in debt, which is really cool. 
but someone's like, you should turn this into a business. And I was like, business, I don't know how to run a business. I just like helping people. And I thought it was cool. And so I started reading business books and I realized that I didn't want to take anyone's money to help them with their finances. Um, but I did like a lot of the concepts in there. I started reading and growing and developing and got stationed in the Middle East and then started, you know, the nonprofit architect podcast and really started building that as a business while I was uh, deployed. Now, when I'm when I'm thinking nonprofit architect, I'm thinking building houses for children that have been displaced in terrible parts of the world. Is that what it is? That is not what it is. Um, I'm not an architect. I don't help anyone build anything, but I help them design their nonprofit, help them build up and do nonprofit work better. Every interview that we do is a how-to show for nonprofits. It turned out when I was over in the Middle East, I had been doing some nonprofit work in the U.S. and trying to figure out how to really provide value to that sector. You know, over two years, we raised half a million bucks. I served on a few boards, gave 30, now 40 grand of my own money. Uh, probably donated 1,500 hours of my time. I got to the Middle East. I was like, how am I supposed to keep doing all this cool nonprofit stuff? And someone's like, well, you kind of have that voice for podcasting. Maybe you could start your own show and, and talk about a lot of things that you've learned and, and how to do that. So I really went and looked at the available nonprofit shows and there was some good content, but largely it seemed like it was kind of industry people rubbing elbows with each other and having a good chat. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't feel like it provided a lot of substance, a lot of value. Mm. And I looked through the top 10, top 25, top 50 shows, and there was not a single how to show at the top of the charts in the nonprofit space. So we set up to the, to build the premier how to show for nonprofits by interviewing nonprofit experts, business leaders, consultants, people with the special skills to really help do it better. And within four months of starting, we were number four in the U.S. and have wow. gone on to be top six in six different countries. Wow. So did the Navy give you time or you decided to allocate the time that you had available to building this? Uh, I had allocated the time I had available. Um, being in the Middle East and in the Kingdom of Bahrain was nice because my family was back here. So I had the time to do it over there and get it started and really start working on it. I wanted to make sure with my time in the Middle East that I did something positive that was mm. going to help develop me and, and could possibly do something for my future. And here I am three years later, ready to exit the military and the things that I've learned and the relationships I've built and the things I've developed through the podcast are what are, what's propelling me for that next, that next chapter of my life. This is a very, very interesting stage that you're in right now. This being your your last day, you're retiring from the military. As um, people are in the military right now, how would you encourage them to review their time that they have available and other things that are an opportunity for them to help them with this transition period when they enter into it? Absolutely. I would encourage them all to figure out what they want their day to look like. A lot of people I know, a lot of adults in any industry, not just the military, have never thought about really designing what they want their life to look like. They're just assuming they're going to go get some other job. It's going to be some kind of version of nine to five, and then they're going to go fishing on the weekends or whatever. You can do that. And if that's what you want, if that's your dream life, by all means, please do that. If that's not your dream life, figure out what education you might need, what job experience you might need, what skills you might need to create the life that you want to live. When I started looking at it and really 
detailing what I wanted. I wanted portability. And we just spent uh, about 10 days in Baltimore and I brought the microphone and all the equipment and all the stuff. And I did podcasting. I did some of the digital things that I do for marketing and some other things all while I was in Baltimore. So I know that I can take and pick this up and go wherever I need to be. If I get, mm. if I get a, a speaking gig at a conference down in Rio, I'm going to take my stuff with me and I'm going to go do the conference and I might just decide that I would like to spend an extra two or three weeks in Rio. But because my business is portable, working on this laptop empire that I'm doing, like I have the ability to do that. I'm not shackled to a building. I don't have to get up and commute every day. If I want to pick up tomorrow and move to Columbia, let's say, I can do that. I have the ability to do that because I'm not dependent on going to some building. Mm. That's not for everybody. Some people are like, I really need to go to the building for the structure. Hey, I fully understand. I think if COVID taught us anything, it's whether you will or will not succeed in that type of environment. And you know what's going to be best for you. But figure out what you want it to look like. I mean, we worked many years to pay off all our debt. The only debt we have is our house. And we're in Oklahoma. So that bill's like 1100 a month. If you're living out on the coast right now at 1100 a month, sounds like a dream. You'll see why a lot of people are moving to the middle of the country. It's cheap. And if you're doing some kind of digital business or remote working, you can get your New York paycheck and you can live in Oklahoma and Texas prices and really stretch your dollar out. Mm, That's smart. In your branch of the military, do you think there are certain types of transition help, development help? that um, active service personnel could plug into? Because I understand that for each branch has different sort of um, opportunities. What else might be available for someone in the Navy? Well, I know they have the GPS system where it's all transition related. They also have SkillBridge. I said yes to a SkillBridge program. Uh, I've been doing a lot with podcasting, as you might have imagined. And I hosted the first annual Veteran Podcast Awards. Well, it turns out the big winner was not only looking for podcast help, they were actually a proved skill bridge partner. So I got to spend my last few months in the Navy interning with a company that I'm helping them with their podcast and their marketing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Figure out what it is that you want it to look like. Figure out a partner that you can help partner with on your way out. SkillBridge, I think, is Mm -hmm. for every service. You might have a few different requirements to meet, but figure out what that takes. Spend a little time investing in your future. I know too many in the military, they go and they're their job, their rank becomes their life, becomes their identity, and they don't look at what life without the military looks like. I encouraged all my guys when I was in, like, what are you going to do if you get in a car wreck tomorrow and the military no longer needs you? What would you go do? Have you Mm. thought about that? Do you have the skills in that? Do you have the network to support you doing that? Do you have the education, whatever it is that you need to go do something like that? And it was really kind of this aha moment for a lot of my coworkers. And they'd be like, you know what? I haven't really thought about that. And why would you, right? If, if this is gone tomorrow, you know, what does my next few years look like? Hmm. And when you look at it from that point of view, you'll start doing whatever it is, the thing you need to do, right? I was doing a lot of nonprofit work. So I went and got a master's in human relations, figuring that might be valuable in the nonprofit world, which it is. Hmm. Um with the empire I'm building now through digital means and podcasting, I don't really feel like working with a single nonprofit is probably going to be in the realm of something I'm going to do. I may do it depending on what that looks like, but 
like really enjoying this this digital world, these great conversations and meeting wonderful people in the podcasting world. I mean, that really fills me up. That really gets me going. Mm. You've done amazing things helping families get out of debt. I think you said 400 families, 6 million. Have I got the numbers right? You do. That and then working with helping nonprofits and then an active service in the military as well. Tell us about what you're going to be doing now going forward and where you, what you really hope to build. Uh, sure thing. I am really helping a lot of people uh, in the podcasting space. I originally thought that a lot of people would be reaching out for consulting and some different things. And that didn't really shake out the way I thought it might. But what did happen is a lot of people asked me, how am I doing this podcasting thing? And I had bought a couple of guides and, and done a few different things and realized like, there wasn't anyone in the space really boiling down how they're doing everything. And there might be that I just didn't find them. But, you know, I put together a pretty comprehensive guide, the Ultimate and Complete Podcast Guide, and started selling it actually about this time last year. Uh, we get that first version out. We started selling it. And immediately people were like, this is amazing. Where's the course? Well, we've built the course. The course is built. We can walk through you step by step on how to do this thing. And right now it's in review for Forbes, Harvard, and Stanford to be approved curriculum. Wow. So if you take my podcasting course, you will get college credit from one of those three major universities. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. <laughs> Brilliant. And and what else? Really just helping people wherever they need to be. I think probably the biggest thing I've discovered over the past few years is just how important mindset is and really understanding, mm. you know, who you are as a person. When you move as many times as I did, we didn't really talk about my my background background. I've moved 50 times. That included 12 schools, six days, five foster homes. I survived two murder attempts, like really just <laughs> not the best uh, time growing up. And I could have let all those things drag me down. I could have let all those things really affect my life. And they did to a, a big, you know, for a big part of it, but I really sought the healing that I needed for the trauma, the help. But what happens through all that stuff, regardless of is that, that big on the scale, or if it's something more minor is we start wearing these masks, we start putting on these facades, we start putting up these walls, these shields mm. that we're not showing up as who we are. And, the more I look into it and the more the research agrees, the more I discover about myself is like, we are abundant people that can design and create and do anything with our lives. If you would have looked at someone with my stat sheet or my rap sheet growing up, you wouldn't expect anything of me. You'd have been like, eh, well, you know, what can you expect from someone like this? You can expect everything from someone like that. You truly can when we start showing up as who we really are in this world, look out, mm. look out world. Here we come. With the foster homes and the moves and the murder attempts and all of that, did you gravitate into a gang? No, no, never gravitated to a gang. This was like Northern Minnesota. I don't know how many gangs they have up there. Um, I'm sure they have some, but. Never, gra never gravitated towards a gang, never drank alcohol, never smoked a cigarette or weed or anything mm. like that growing up. I'm not sure exactly yet how I was able to say no to those things, but I did. Mm. 
I was offered all of those things and worse, but never mm-hmm. said yes. Never, never thought that that was part of my path for me. When you say masks, was that part of your survival through these events you went through? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Who do I need to be in the moment right now? Some of that, some of that, who do I need to be in the moment is good and some of it's bad. Like how you show up. If you show up as your authentic you, as who you are, like life is easy. But sometimes my authentic me is maybe a little bit too robust for the situation, right? I'm huge on accountability. I'm big on uh, boundaries and forcing boundaries. Like there's people that aren't in my life anymore and it doesn't matter how much DNA we share. They're not allowed to treat me or my family that way. Right. So I'm very bulldogish in that standpoint, but really it's not a competition about bad days, right? You don't want to discount a bad day. Some people really just need to be heard and seen mm. and acknowledged. And when that happens, when you do that, everyone everything changes everything changes travis do you think the military gave you something that was missing from when you were growing up oh absolutely absolutely they gave me a lot of structure they didn't care about any of that stuff in my past right it allowed me to get away from my family name it allowed me to create and design the life that i wanted to like i could choose who i wanted to be as mm-hmm. long as i followed their structure and their rules and showed up I was successful. Um, if you look at, I know we're talking to, who's our audience? Is it, it's not veterans, right? It's civilians talking about the veteran experience or is it both? I think it's both. Yeah. For people in, in the military space, because I, because I understand what the framework was, I was able to really succeed in the military. I knew the quals I had to get. I knew the benchmarks I had to reach. I really cared about the family that I was building with my wife and now and two kids. So mm-hmm. I knew the things I had to do to be successful because they tell you what they want you to do, right? They say, hey, if you do this, it's going to work out for you. And I didn't use brain science or rocket surgery, you know? I just did the things they told me to do. And then when you get the qualifications and you get the rank and then you realize, man, this sucks doing it alone. You look around and say, hey, let's let's share this pie here. Everyone gets a little bit of slice. Everyone needs to get their qualifications. They're like, wow, this guy's a leader. I just didn't like doing all the big stuff, hard stuff by myself. It's like, come on, guys, let's, let's go. And then you get promoted and get promoted and get promoted again. And, you know, finally learned how to, most young men need to learn how to shut their mouth. At some point, uh, I found that out at about 25 uh, that I, I wasn't as funny as I thought I was. And I, I started or stopped running my mouth so much. And people are like, this guy's kind of coming around. This guy really knows what's up. I didn't know what was up. I just knew that my mouth wasn't helping me. And right after that point, I got accepted to an officer program where they sent me to school full time to get my commission and then on to flight school. And really, the people that had the most impact on me is the same for everybody. Whoever the five closest people you hang out with, mm-hmm. those are the people are going to dictate your life. Mm-hmm. If you're hanging around with people that are going to the gym every day, you're going to find yourself in the gym. If you find yourself hanging around with people that go to the casino twice a week, you're going to find mm-hmm. yourself in the casino. If you're hanging around with people that care about their career, care about their family, care about their future, you're going to start doing those things. Mm. You're going to find yourself in those circles of people. So when I shut my mouth and changed my circle, everything in my life changed. Mm. Everything changed. Did you find that the longer that you're in the service, I guess people would have been weeded out 
and you would be rising up with people who had a similar sort of mindset, who understood how to follow the rules, close their mouth when need, when need be, and then build a team. You would have been developing a cadre of people around you who could build you and you could build them. Would that be the case? Yeah, that was largely the case. It's interesting, the people that fit in that little circle and the people that don't, because there's people that don't fall into that same circle. They're still able to be successful in the military somehow. But when they leave the military, those are the people that really, really struggle. People that are focused on scarcity or how much power their rank brings them or never exploring things like education or skills or the network they need to be successful. Those people leave the military and they wonder why there's no one telling them what to do and how to live their life. And you have to be the CEO of your life. Be the CEO. If you were a CEO of your life right now and you had a board of directors, would they give you a raise? Would they retain you? Would they give you a pay cut or would they fire you? But you have to determine what that looks like for you to be the CEO, to be in charge of yourself and what you're doing. I've largely been on, I was looking for my phone, it's in my pocket, looking for my schedule. I've got scheduled times every week where I deal with new clients, podcast guests on Mondays and Wednesdays exclusively. I've got Tuesdays for appointments. I've got Thursdays that are really dedicated to masterminds and my learning. And then I have got Fridays that are open. And when I get up in that day or before I go to bed that night, I say, what do I need to get done? And I have empty space on my calendar. I'm scheduling myself tasks and things to do and people to follow up with because no one else is going to task me. I have to task myself. I've got to decide what it is I'm going to do and what I need to do to move forward. And when that little reminder comes up, says, hey, you've got to do this. I do it. I think that's uh, an incredible level of ownership that you've developed for yourself of your own life and using this transition period where you knew that you were going to be retiring to really set yourself up and your family up for, for you being passionate about what you're doing so that they can have the passionate dad and the passionate husband, the person who's passionate about their own things and spreading that passionate around the people around you. I think you're doing incredible things. I think you're really making a difference, not just for yourself and your family, but for other people as well. So thank you for your service and thank you for spending time with us today. And if there's one thing you'd like to say to maybe a veteran who's out there and maybe doesn't have that same sense of passion or maybe doesn't have that same sense of direction, what would you encourage them to do? You have to figure out who you are. If you're suffering from trauma, get get action, take charge of the trauma, get, get healed from the trauma. But everything other than that is, is a choice, Right. Where are you responsible for your life? If you are busy saying that, oh, it's because of the military or it's because of the people on the left or it's because of the people on the right or it's because of the economy or immigrants or some jerk down the street. If you're saying that, good luck getting all those people to go to therapy to fix your problems, right? You have to take charge of your life. No one else is going to do it for you. No one else is going to save you. It is up to you to heal from your trauma and start making the choices you need to do it a little bit better every day. That 1% growth per day, it's not 365% growth in a year. It's something like 3,000 some odd percent of growth in a year. Deciding to do it just a little bit better. If someone is leeching out of your life and being mm -hmm. that time vampire, energy vampire, or whatever it is, 
don't invite them into your house. Vampire rules apply to the vampires of our lives. If you don't invite them in, they can't suck the life out of you. Keep away from them. If every time the com name comes up on the phone and you're like, I don't want to talk to them, don't talk to them. Don't do it. Don't waste a second of your life with people that are draining the life out of you. Please, dear God, don't do it. Surround yourself with abundant people, people that care about you mm. and will celebrate your wins with you. Not mm. like, hey, check out this great thing I'm doing. And then two seconds later, like, oh, God, can you believe this guy is doing something great again? Get rid of that person. They're not there for you. They're just upset that you're doing good things. Surround yourself with the right group of people. Take charge of your life and move forward, please, dear God. I love it. I feel motivated just listening to that. Travis, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, for those of you that are watching the recording, uh, you'll notice that the in the show notes, we've got the link to Travis's uh, LinkedIn profile. Travis, what's uh, another way that people can get hold of you? Check me out on nonprofitarchitect.org. There's contact forms. There's all the social media. All the stuff is there. Figure out what you need and find it on the website. We've also got the Veteran Podcast Network where we've got 50 veteran hosted shows telling you about transition, life after the military, and everything else in between. Check that out, nonprofitarchitect.org. Brilliant. Travis, please stay with us so I can have a quick chat to you just after we finish. But everyone else, uh, please join me in thanking Travis for giving his time and sharing his experiences. And Travis, we wish you all the very best going forward. We know you're going to continue to make an increasingly big difference in the lives of others. And for those of you that are watching as well, if you're a veteran and you want to get into training, get that bachelor degree or that master's degree, University of Applied Research and Development is approved by the VA through the GI Bill 911 Bill to help you get your qualification quicker and faster by recognizing your qualifications, your training and your experience, which is enormous when you're a veteran and we really honor what you have done to help you move forward. Look forward to seeing you again on another Veteran Stories.